Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Comic Talk, the podcast. My name is Jesse Rivera. Today is Monday, December 7th, and this is episode 69 with my very dear friend, Ms. Tina San Lucas. Hey, before we get into this episode, is it fucking hot enough for you out there? Dear Lord. Okay. It looks like, according to the weather, we've got one, maybe two more days of this horrible heat, and then we're in the 90s for the rest of the week, and I can deal with the low 90s. The low 90s, I can still, like, get in my car and go to the store without feeling like I'm about to pass out. I can still get a good night's sleep. I can still deal with my smud bill, right? Man, August was a rough month. Dude, who am I kidding? March, April, May, June, July, August have all been rough months, but we've made it this far, guys. We've made it this far. We're going to get through this. It's going to be a better day eventually right around the corner, and we've come this far. Let's not fuck it up now, right? Keep social distancing. Keep wearing your mask if you're able to. I understand some of you have conditions and you can't wear a mask. I get that. I'm not talking down at you. I'm just saying, if you're able to wear a mask, if you're able to social distance, do your best because we're not out of the woods yet. Okay, but I am off the soapbox. So, now, episode 69, Tina San Lucas. I binged Cobra Kai this weekend. I binged uh, season one, episodes one through ten watched them all on Saturday and I felt great. I think by the time you're listening to this episode, I will have probably started season two and I see a viewing of the original Karate Kid in my near future. These movies came out when I was in junior high. Yeah, I'm an old fart. Pretty sure Karate Kid one came out when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. It came out in the summer. Uh, I think it came out the summer between my 7th and 8th grade year. That's what I'm guessing. I'm not looking it up right now. So the, the, the Karate Kid franchise holds a very dear uh, part in my heart. And I love these movies. And just reliving uh, the whole... I don't care how cheesy you think it is. It's good TV. What So much crap TV. So much reality TV. If someone's talking down about the Karate Kid series... They probably dig like that 90 Day Fiance and uh, Tiger King and that kind of stuff. I'm just saying there's different TV for everybody. You don't need to knock that somebody's enjoying a show, right? Come on, guys. We're better than that. Let's all get along. Okay. I I got on a soapbox again. I'm sorry. I'm being preachy uh, today, and I don't mean to be, but Tina San Lucas, she doesn't get preachy. She gets, uh, we talked about Cobra Kai. We talked about coffee, we talked about body odor, we talked about comedy, of course, and I really enjoyed uh, spending Sunday morning virtually with her as we sipped our coffee and talked about all the things we enjoy. So, without further ado, here is episode 69 of Comic Talk, the podcast, with my guest, Tina San Lucas. Tina San Lucas, how the hell are you? I'm good. Good morning. Cheers. You have your cups and good morning. Cheers. Happy Sunday. It's going to be a lovely 107 degree day today. 
but this is the end of it. This is this is the last of the of the horrible today and tomorrow and kind of Tuesday, but by next weekend it's like the high is ninety three. So yeah, it's so funny how when it's one hundred and seven we're like ninety three is gonna be gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm so yeah I'm so done with the heat. Not a fan of summer. Uh, every year summer is worse and worse for me. Um, wasn't so bad this year because I don't think we did it. We didn't do a lot, right? Oh no, we've uh, been inside. Like they're like, stay inside. You're like with the air conditioner. Sure. <laughs> um, did you brush your teeth this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, see. We were talking about that. I don't. I brush my teeth and then I don't have my coffee for about another hour. Oh so, no. Mm. So I, I get up like a zombie and I walk straight to the coffee pot. And I can't brush my teeth before or my coffee flavor will be ruined. Although there are exceptions. Let's say we were like on a traveling comedian trip and a bunch of comics were staying in a house. I would absolutely brush my teeth before I hit the living room because I wouldn't want to like <gasps> anyone yeah. with my breath, you know? Yeah. But at home, I don't give a fuck about Lewis's smelling my breath or Kingston. But you know, when, okay, this might be kind of gross, but when I'm traveling with people or I'm spending like extended time with people or someone, um, I kind of don't mind smelling their naturalness. Like if mm. there's a little bit of BO at the end of the day or like a little bit of bad breath in the morning, I'm like, you're human just like me. Like, but if there's like bad breath and BO like at the very start of the day, like we just sat down to have lunch at a restaurant, then yeah, that's an issue, but. Um, even if I'm traveling with someone, I do not want to smell the BO. I, myself, in regards to natural scents, like I, like I like Lewis's natural scent, but like if I'm just friends with someone and I give them a hug and I, like one time I hugged this person, no names will be mentioned. This was years ago. It was not a comedian. I, I gave someone a hug <laughs> and they were so stinky. I could almost taste it. And I was like, I can't, I'm um, sorry. In regards to Lewis and Mexicans in general, like our natural smell is not, like I know a lot of like old school Mexicans that don't even wear deodorant because they oh don't, yeah, they don't no, need do you remember to. three flowers? All the all the cholos in my town just they just wore three flowers and like yeah. whatever their natural scent was with that was hot. Like Lewis has a very like, it's like I'm an animal. Like I love his smell. Like even when he's like outdoors working and he comes in, I'm like, and he's not really bo. You know what I mean? He doesn't really have that. But, um, and, and I don't know how I would feel if he did, but um, I'm very consciously aware and I'm sure any of my comedian friends who have ever hugged me will say that I smell pretty good all the time. Like uh -huh. I wear perfume, deodorant, like my teeth are brushed before I go to a show or a mic. Like one time I did pick up the mic. I can't even remember who was before me, but I was like, oh, oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh no, who was on this mic? <laughs> That's why um, I'm kind of hoping that post pandemic, uh, we uh, start a trend of everyone bringing their own microphone. Yeah, I have a gold mic. I would love to do that. I wear, I, you know, I could wear it on my neck, like a necklace. Like there you go, play. right? And then he's like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, just like plug it in, y'all. What's up? That's oh, funny. Yeah. Hey, I have a, an interesting piece of trivia for you. Okay. I, ha I have a, I have a, an iPad right here. So, um, August 27th, August 27th, today, 1991. Pearl Jam 10 was released. Oh my gosh. I love Pearl Jam. I love them. They're my favorite. Eddie Vedder is like, 
He's on my list. Lewis absolutely knows that if Eddie calls me, this marriage is over. I'm moving in with Eddie. Like, we've already discussed it. <laughs> is, there, is Eddie the settled down type kind of guy? Probably not. Actually, I've read a lot about him, and like, he's absolutely married to his music. So if you're his chick, you have to take, you know, like, second place in line, which I would gladly do because I love his music. But um, Eddie Vedder is just so hot, and he gets hotter. Excuse me. The older he gets, he gets hotter. He just gets older and hotter and older he's, and hotter. He's doing that Bruce Springsteen thing. Straight up, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, like Bruce just kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And like, I don't know, you know? I heard somebody, I forget who it was. It was years ago, but like it was like a um, some radio, uh, Tom Likas, I think it was. Lewis listened, used to listen to him. And he was like, you know, the thing about... Um, aging men is the older they get they look so sophisticated the older they get the more they look like sean connery and he goes but the thing about women is the older they get the more they look like sean connery <laughs> and I'm, i kind of agree i feel like a, a man will get old and gray and be like oh he's hot he's looking even hotter and then like a woman gets older and they're like oh she was she was something else in her prime you know what i mean so hey you remember the other day i had to bite my lip so hard you remember the other day when you were going off on how uh madonna is not aging well yeah stop doing shit to your face madonna i was, I was ready to fight you because <laughs> uh, you like her face i love madonna. you like her you know what to each their own she has <laughs> she has done quite a bit to her face okay and she's still pretty but like what i think is she didn't need to do all that a little bit is okay like a little bit of botox here and there that's okay maybe a little bit of filler but she looks like a different person and it's like madonna no show the world that you could still be hot as fuck because she's hot as fuck no matter what shit in her face or not she's madonna so yeah. that's what i'm trying to say is like ride the madonna card not the plastic surgery card but i think when you're really rich and you can do whatever the fuck you want and money's not a thing. You're just like more, do more, more, more. Yeah, and then yeah, before you yeah. know it, you look like her, you know, or that, yeah. who's that Donna, some, not Versace. I don't know. She's some lady in fashion and oh, oh, no. No. I really shouldn't be talking shit because I can know these people someday. <laughs> oh man. How, um, so quarantine hasn't phased you too much, huh? Like I go up and down, I'm all around. I definitely have gained weight. That makes me sad just because, not even like the gaining the weight because my husband loves me and like I have clothes that fit, but it's more of like how I feel. I have no energy, uh -huh. I'm being lazy. Like when I have weight on me, I just don't have the energy to keep up with Kingston because he's eight and he is like a little busy bee, you know? And so um, I wish I could say quarantine hasn't gotten to me. I'm very, fortunate and blessed like i have a cute little house to be in we put up a pool this year a little above ground pool so we've been doing some swimming to stay cool and that's been fa fantastic but yeah i mean i don't know i miss my friends i feel like a lot of my you know like when you're in the scene like the comedy scene and you're in it and you're out you know three four nights a week and you're seeing people and you're giving hugs you have people who you have like little relationships with you know yeah. you have like your, your triangle of people, your main three you talk to every day and then the next layer and the next layer. And I feel like like I've kept like my main two or three and then the rest just fell off. Not even on purpose, but it's just like, I don't see them. And I have tried to like reach out and send a message and go, hey, I miss you, like let's hang. But like, I've also been 
if I am hanging with anyone, I want my pod kind of small, you know what yeah. I mean? So I just feel like the dynamic of relationships has changed and that's bummed me out a little bit. Um, I don't know, like people think, oh, Tina, you're so bubbly and you're so happy all the time. Like I'm just as fucked up and sad as everyone else. You know what I mean? Like I have things that I, I know I have to do and I'm feeling the blues and I'm feeling sad and I know I have to get up and move my body and I know I have to eat well and I know that I have to like, not lean on pot so much and like all the things, you know, but it, it's hard. It's a struggle. I, I go through really, really blue moments. And you know what? I, um, I saw somebody, it was Shannon Battle, maybe like, I don't know, three or four months ago wrote, um, post your favorite memory of me. And I had written something and a bunch of people had responded and I thought, oh, I want to know what people's favorite memories are of me. Shannon Battle's favorite memory. Yeah. Yeah, and so people had posted. And then I went, oh, I want to know what people's favorite memories are of me. And I had wrote, I'm feeling really low. Can you post your favorite memory? And, like, I got a lot of really, like, people from my hella past, high school, kid friendships, oh, wow. wrote stuff. And then um, that was the first time I did that. And then two days ago, like, I'm kind of in a low right now. I'm probably going to start in period, I'm pretty certain. Um, but I, uh, I'm kind of in a lull. I'm feeling the blues. And so wow. I reached out two days ago on Facebook and wrote, I'm feeling really low. I need some love. Can you guys post some memories? And I got like, I don't know, like 40 people going, oh my gosh, remember the time we did Earth Day when we were 19? Or remember the concert wow. we went to? Or remember when you photographed my family? And it was like a memory I had forgotten about and brought yeah. it up. Even my, my high school swim coach was like, swim meets. And, and then I messaged her back. It was just so nice. And like, it was just a reminder that like Facebook's not all like, I feel like Facebook is literally like shoving poison down your throat. It's garbage right now. Everybody is sad, sad, sad and videos of people being hurt. And yeah. And, and I understand, but like, I can't go there for any um, positive uh, anything, you know, but when yeah. I wrote that, what's your favorite memory of me? It was so sweet. Who responded, you know, it was so nice. And it like really like, fed my soul and, and it reminded me like people people still love me because I get in my head you know what I mean like I'm pretty certain I'm mentally ill like aren't we all right yeah. like come on and um I I get in this thing where I start to feel like nobody likes me uh people are nice to me because they feel sorry for me uh like weird shit you know I think it has to do with my childhood I hear my mom's fucked up voice in my head a lot that I'm a piece of shit and, and the, for the most part, I don't feel those things about myself because I've gone through therapy and life and read self-help books and I'm married to a great guy and I have a good marriage and a good home and a good son and all those things that I know I'm blessed about. But I, the old patterns are always there because it's how we're conditioned, you know? And, it's and like, I, so I have, to t I have to remind myself. I just have to t tell myself, like, you are loved. You are great. People admire you. People like you. And you know what? The people who don't like me and don't admire me, fuck them anyway. You know what I mean? Like, and I have, and that is my constant struggle is the voices in my head. And not literally, I don't literally hear them. I mean, I mean maybe unless I'm on some good mushrooms or something, but <laughs> I like, I have to like tell myself, you know, remind myself. So anyway, that reaching out to Facebook and kind of asking for positive affirmations was so lovely. And I think I'm going to gift myself that like every six to eight weeks and go do it again, reach out again and ask because like when you do need a little umph, a little help, a little pep yeah. in your step, the people who love you want to do that for you, you know? Yeah. And I know I want to do that. I know if you messaged me and said, Oh, I'm feeling the blues. Can you come over? I'd be like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Like I want to lift you up. Or if I can't come over, 
I just tell you something really nice. I love you so much. When can I see you? You know what I mean? Like when, when people are showing any sign of insecurity within themselves, I think it's our responsibility if we love them to be reassuring. And I think that is a true friend. And that is like, I don't know. Yeah, I like no, I, I think that's absolutely right. Like everything you just said. And it's like, we have to keep like, it's not like, you know, like your AC breaks and you fix it and it's good and you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like you have to constantly be like main, maintaining it and checking it. And that's the same yep. thing with mental health. It's like, oh we, yeah, we're never going to be like, oh, I'm good now. And like, just hope that nothing traumatic happens for the next 10 years. No, it's like, there's little things that like trigger it or like you just have a bad oh, day yeah. or, you know, but yeah. I think it's super important. And yeah, about the Facebook, like, you know, like I had to take the Facebook app off my phone. And it's like, the thing is like, I was getting to the point where like, it was hard for me to deal with my own anger and like just everything that's going on in the world. Right. Not yeah. Yeah. Walking around, but like, but like there's things, there's so many things going on right now. There's so much to be like upset, hurt, angry, yeah. sad about that. It's hard for me to process my own feelings of that. Like I didn't oh, yeah. keep going on to Facebook and then reading, everyone else's feelings about that and i was like i can't do this you know so yeah i took it off my phone i still check it a lot and i still post but where i was on it like three to four hours a day now i'm like on it like an hour a day you know um but i still have fun with it like yesterday i was posting about uh dude let's talk about cobra kai oh my god i love cobra kai um me and lewis started it we're only like in we've watched we okay there's 10 seasons in the first episode no we're 10, on 10 episode, episodes in the season yeah and yeah. um we're on seasons uh, i'm sorry episode seven so i just haven't had a chance to get into it yet because i have some stuff going on but as soon as like probably dur during the week i don't watch a lot of tv but if i do it's usually late at night during the week all my chores are done, my kids in bed. I'm like, oh, I can give myself an hour or two of TV. Well, I was gonna give myself an hour of Cobra Kai. I watched for four fucking hours. <laughs> and um, I loved the Karate Kid growing up. And so um, just watching it, like, I just, I don't know. I'm very nostalgic and I thought, so, okay, Ralph Macchio and I don't know the Johnny guy's real life name. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, Neither of them, I mean, Ralph Macchio was on a show, I can't remember, but neither of them have been like, you know, like Academy Award winners, right? But right. I love that they were like, let's write this, because Ralph Macchio is a producer of the show, of Cobra Kai, and they were like, let's, let's do this together, and they're doing it together, and it's like this, like, becoming a cult thing, like, everyone's loving it. I had totally told Lewis, I was like looking at merch online. I'm like, I want a t-shirt. I can't wait to be out in the scene wearing my Cobra Kai t-shirt. <laughs> and um, I just love things from my childhood. Like after watching that, I thought about so many things from like my childhood and Nintendo, the same time I was watching Karate Kid. Do you remember when the game on Nintendo Kung Fu? Do you remember that game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my God, that was like my childhood. and. I love Cobra Kai. I think it's rad. I can't wait to finish it. I don't want to say too much because I, I know you might be ahead of me and I don't want to like ruin it for myself. I, I binged, I'm sorry. I'm looking up um, everybody right now. Uh, William Zap, William Zapka. Is William, that the Johnny, Johnny in real life? It's Johnny okay. Lawrence. Yeah. William Zapka. Okay. Um, I think my favorite of the new uh, Cobra Kai kids is uh, Jacob Bedrod who plays a uh, Hawk. I don't know which one is that. Like but he's the one that like gave himself the lip. He was calling him oh, lip. Oh lip, lip, yeah. 
oh yeah, he came back in and he's all, I'm making it work for me. That's like about where I am. We, we were no further than that. That's like episode seven. And it was so badass and you were like, okay. I like that because he was so like timid and insecure, you know? And I kind of believe that when, when I saw that scene, it's funny that you brought that up because I, I kind of believe that like about comedy, like the more we as comedians embrace all our flaws, like saying stuff like, sure, I'm mentally ill, aren't we all, you know? And things like that and going up there and being like, yeah, I was raised by crazy people. Like, yeah, I fucked up too. Like the more we like embrace all of it, like, the better we are, the more confident we are in ourselves, in our work, in our sets, in, in our relationships even. Because isn't it great when you're in a relationship with a friend and you feel like you could be your truest self? You're not hiding anything. Yeah, and then and, and people still accept, they're accepting of you and you're like, oh, well, because I'm my truest self, I'm giving you permission to be your truest self. And, oh, then, wow, then, okay. and then that is authenticity. Uh -huh. I feel like I have that with you, Jesse. Like, if we're ever hanging out and one of us is like, oh, I'm just, I don't know what it is. I got to go. No one's ever like guilt tripping. Why'd you leave? You, you know, we're always like reassuring. I love you. I'll see you later. Text me later. I'll check yeah. on you later. Make sure you're good. You know, and that the more truer we are. Anyway, I got that when the guy came out with the mohawk and the lip and like, he kind of smiled and he had totally a different energy. And that's because he was like, I'm taking ownership. I'm not it. putting yeah. my head down in shame. I'm taking ownership. And like, the older I get, Lewis says it all the time to me because I'm like, like he'll say something and I'm like, well, I'm a really fucked up human because of who I was raised by in my childhood. So like, this is, I'm probably not the best person to ask for advice on this situation because <laughs> I'm probably going to give you the unhealthy answer. <laughs> I, bin I binged all of the first season yesterday. Uh, I watched okay, I'm going to catch up to you because I only have three more and then I want to start season two. I watched all 10 episodes and I was, I was all in and, uh, I don't know when I'm going to do the, I, I think I'll do season two tomorrow. I don't think I'll do it today. Okay. I think I'll, I think I'll do it tomorrow. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then, and then I know it's going to, I know it's going to all, I'm going to wrap it all up by watching the original Karate Kid. Um, mm -hmm. Even the remake with uh, Will Smith and his, well, not Will Smith, but uh, with, with Jaden Smith. I liked that too. That was great too. Did you ever I see liked that it one? too. Yeah, we watched it. Kingston loved it. I thought it was really, really well done. And I just love anything Karate Kid, always. Like, Kingston takes karate, and every time we go to, uh, he hasn't been going because of COVID, but anytime we go and we watch and he's in his little gi, I'm always like, oh, he's like a little Karate Kid. He's so cute. <laughs> like, I just want him to have one of the, like, bandanas, the Daniel Sun bandanas. Uh -huh. I'm a little bummed that Miyagi passed because um, I just, love him as a character you know what i mean like i wish he could be in cobra kai like be like you know the grandpa to his daughter or whatever like yeah and, uh, it but was sad to they found a place to work him in though they worked him they in did. and uh i think it's it's and it really parallels uh kind of like the way they worked mickey back into the rocky series where like you know yes. like he had passed but they found a way to work him back in and uh i don't yeah it might yeah it, it's it's sad he passed, but he really did make that. He really did make those movies, and is really like the the rock of what those movies are are, are based on, right? And are founded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I loved it. I can't wait to finish it. I wish I could say more, but I'm only in episode seven of season one. So I, everybody was talking about it last weekend. Uh, I think my sisters both watched it, and like one of my nieces, and uh, 
and I, I usually try to avoid stuff that everyone, like I didn't watch the Tiger King, right? Yeah, like, you really missed out on that. I'm letting you know. I watched, <laughs> that was like, wild. <laughs> I watched like two episodes of it and I was like, I can't do this. It's trash. It's fucking trash, but it's like good trash. You're like, like it's every episode you watch, you would be like, this is crazy. And then the next episode you'd be like, and it gets crazier and crazier. And you'd be like, at some point you're like, this has got to be fake. And then this person gets their arm ripped off and you're like, this is real. Like, wow. It was wild. Um, what's crazy is that was six months ago. Yeah. Hydrogen was six months ago. Yeah. And that is really hard to believe for me. I'm like, wow. Like, I don't know. Time, time is so weird for me. I don't know if it's my age or the quarantine. I just no, like, I blink my eyes and I'm like, dude, something that feels like it was a week or two ago is three months ago. And I'm like, what no, is happening? It's, it's the quarantine. Um, I remember feeling like time was going by super quick uh, since I had started comedy because yeah. like, it, it seemed like every week there was something to look forward to. And um, I was like, oh, this and this and this and this. And and then when that all stopped, it seemed like everything got slow. And I finally did an open mic the other day. And it had been uh, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, almost six months since I had like done a, a live set. I've done a couple of those Zoom open mics and uh, like some uh, themed comedy shows that like uh, Stab has done and uh, Comedy Spot has done, but like to actual grab a microphone and tell jokes. Uh, right. Finally, did it the other night in the in the park over at Grant Park. Uh, uh, Drew Absher was the host, but it's the one that uh, Miriam Wasabi puts on. Yeah. Uh, dude, what was it like for you? Because you like uh, you did Marcus Mangum's uh, Pink Martini show, right? But like you didn't do any prep. Like you didn't have like three or four oh, open mics. Normally, I would have three or four mics open mics before a show. I yeah. prepped, I was in my living room with my mic stand and my gold mic and I was oh, shit on your chest in my living room. Like I was, I, I practiced, I did. I probably practiced for a good, like, I ran through my set from beginning to end and I timed it on my phone maybe five or six times. Okay. And, and after about the sixth time I went, okay, and you figure my set's 10 minutes. So that was like an hour, you know? So it ended up being like, I would take little breaks and I'd walk away and then I'd rehearse it in my head and come back. So I, I practiced for like maybe an hour and a half, like the day before the show. And it was good. Like, I like practicing. I know, I know a lot of comic comedians who don't. They go, I don't do that. I just do stage time. But when I was doing a lot of mics, I didn't do living room practice because the mics were my practice. But I have been, um, I, I do every once in a while, like, get real stoned and pull out my mic stand and stand in my living room and totally like do comedy. And a lot of times I do it for Lewis and he'll laugh and he'll be like, Oh, that's a good one. Or that's a new one. And I've been writing, I'm trying to write a set about my mom, like, because like she's a crazy bitch. And I feel like there is a lot there that I just like really easy jokes to just like surfacing to the top. Like, one of the things, like my mom is a very crazy lady and she would say some really mean, crazy stuff to us as a kid. And one of the things she would say a lot when she would be mad is she would say, you all aren't gonna be happy till you're dancing on my grave. And, um, and I'm so fucked up. I would think like, I wonder what song I would dance to. And 
And, um, yeah. So like she would just say the most random stuff. Like if she was in the bathroom and you were looking for her and you'd be like, mom, and she'd be like, can I take a shit? She would say that. And I, and so I just think that's funny stuff. And so like, I really want to do like a good strong 10 minutes about like my mom and the way she talked to us. Cause as a kid, it was really like, mentally damaging but now that i'm an adult i'm like this is solid fucking gold i can have an entire one hour netflix special called darlene that's my mom's name like she's like she was so out there and wild that i'm like oh it's no wonder like i'm a fucked up human being like you know and and i don't even hold any resentments i'm like dude mom you've given me solid fucking gold i need to like really write about these things because they're funny and so i've been doing a lot of practicing and uh and i and yeah so i prepared myself for pink martini pink martini went really well like it was good i w- was the opening set i was nervous about that um but it went good i crushed it was fun i got a lo- i got a lot of reassurance and love afterwards which always feels so good when people are like you were so funny and high fives and so that was really really great and uh, marcus and danielle are so sweet they put on a really good show they're so professional there's you're never questioning any like everything is like you know exactly what's going to happen when you get there. It's all just like perfectly like orchestrated. And I always appreciate like the professionalism and they're great. I'm big fans. I like them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're real good people, real solid stand up people. I, I love yep. them. I agree. I agree. Myself. Where, um, you talked about your mom a little bit and I, I'm kind of curious now where and when was Darlene born? Where, where, where's she from? My mom's from the, uh, well, I think my mom was born in Connecticut. I can't, say okay. for sure but the east when? coast my mom was born in 1953 okay. so she's like mid 60s now uh-huh. and um and uh i know her birthday's at the end of july so she just turned i don't know do the math like 66 or 67 or something uh-huh. um she when she was eight or nine they moved to south carolina so my mom grew up in south carolina in charleston so she's like a southern That's like early 60s yeah she's like a southern uh, i wouldn't quite say a southern belle like my grandparents weren't like wealthy but they were like middle class people they had a pool in the backyard like you know decent life my grandpa was in the army and i think he even retired from the army and then i don't know what he did but um and then my mom and dad met and my dad was from like a super poor alcoholic like horrible horrible family and um he met my mom and they fell in love and in south carolina in South Carolina, yeah, and my dad was 16 and my mom was 18 when they got married. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my mom was pregnant, eight months pregnant with my older sister, and so they were kids. And then um, my dad was 16 when he uh, married her, and then, so they got like married. Like early 1970s, right? Like 71? Yeah, 1971, they got married uh, when my mom was pregnant, and then they got married April 8th, and my dad turned 17 May 3rd, and the day he turned 17, he left for the Air Force. I don't, I think he was, yeah, he, the day he turned 17, he left and my sister was born. I don't even know if he was there if my sister was born. I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered things. And I haven't been in touch with my my parents for years because they're drug addicts and I, it's so unhealthy, like so unhealthy. Like, you know, the shit people talk about like Thanksgiving and like my family, we cannot, can not sit in a room without like someone throwing a glass vase at someone's fucking face. Like it is horrible so like i don't even i don't want kingston around that shit so yeah like I a lot of resentment sense. a lot of a lot of a lot of oh yeah there's so much pain there like never nope. was sewn up and 
yeah, nobody wants to go to therapy and like work shit out. So it's like, just like hurt people, hurt people. You have ever heard that? Hurt people, hurt people. Oh, wow. So they're hurt and we're, everybody's hurt. So everyone just wants to scream and yell at each other and call me names and like lots of mental abuse. So, you know, I don't know. Like I wish my parents aren't together anymore. They're divorced, but I wish them well. I don't like have, I am at a point in my life where I have no ill towards them. I only feel like my responsibility is me however it affected me and how I, whatever i have to do to like you know like um go through my life to be the best i can be that's my responsibility yes. my responsibility is not to reconnect with them or fix them i used to feel like i used to have to save them like i'm gonna get them off drugs and i'm gonna um buy them something and uh what's up uh i'm on a podcast so give me some space that's my kid <laughs> and um he came out here and looked at me like he's gonna ask me for something. I'm like, go ask your dad. <laughs> um, it's not my responsibility to fix them or to um, hold them accountable for their mistakes or their problems. They need to hold themselves accountable. I used to do that in my 20s. I'd be like, I'm gonna fix them and I'm gonna save them. And now I'm like, no, no, no. You want to be a tweaker and you don't want to have teeth and you want to live in a weird fucking place with druggy people. That's your choice. I don't want to go. I don't want to kick it at that house. So I'm not going uh, there. You know what I mean? So, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm an open book. I'll tell anyone about my life. I feel like, you know, a lot of people feel like I've heard people go, why do you tell people that? Aren't you ashamed? I'm like, no, it's not my life. I have a beautiful life. My shit's yeah. tight. Like that's them, you know? So, but I think that there's going to be some healing in making the jokes about the craziness. Because if I wrote a book, you would not believe the shit that has happened. You wouldn't believe it. You would be like, this bitch is lying. But it's true. I think I can believe it. It's like, I've had a pretty crazy fucked up past myself. And um, I like to say that, you know, my, my past doesn't define me, you know, like, oh no, um, it's just like, it's just something that I, I lived through and I had to live through. And like how you said, like, if that's the life that they want to lead, I mean, that's the life I wanted to lead. Like when I was spun out on drugs and on meth, like I was the happiest when I had a bag full of dope and nothing to do. Like, I was just like, this is the greatest, like, this is, this is great. I have dope. I have a pipe. I have three lighters. I'm good. I have a stack of magazines and I would just be like, but then I would also wonder is this the life I'm going to want when I'm 60? And then I'd be yeah. like, I'm not going to make it to 60, you know? And, um, but. And you're going to be 50 next year, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be 49 in 10 days. I know. I'm going to be at your birthday party. I can't wait. I, I am so pumped about my birthday party. Is it a party? It's like four people. It's, I, it's, it's a birthday small gathering. Yeah, it definitely is. And and like, I'm, I'm so happy with the, uh, I mean, I didn't even know you guys four years ago, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that, but it's just like where we are, where I am in my life right now, and like where the world is allowing us to be right now. Like, this is like the safest place that I would, would want to be right now. Of course, of course, I want to be home with my family, right? Of course, right, right. right? But I feel like I'm here in Sacramento with my extended family, you know? And I, I'm so looking forward to just hanging out, playing some records. Emily was trying to say the other day that we need an activity. And um, I was doing my best to try to shoot that shit down. Like, 
no, we don't need an activity. We'll just hang out and, you know, talk and, you know, I'm fine, you know, <laughs> like, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we invited what? Six. We invited four people and Emily and me, so that's six, yeah. Six, yeah. That's it's a good little group. We're going to make you a cake. Yeah. Requested low sugar cake. We're going to go for it. Some vegan chocolate cake. Emily found the recipe. We're going to do it. And uh, I'm excited to celebrate with you. You're, you're just like such a light. You're a rad guy. You know, the thing about, the, about requesting the, 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 the low sugar, no sugar cake, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can have a slice of cake. I'm fine. But there's going to be leftover cake. And it's going to stay is. in my fridge. And I'm going to, so when, uh, uh, when Morgan came over and made a cake for Emily's birthday, right? Beautiful cake with strawberries on it. It was bomb. I fucking ate cake three days in a row. That's the thing about leftover cake. I know. I, I have this. And it gets better. I, it gets better sitting in the fridge overnight. And it does. It gets gooey and sticky and it's rad. Yeah. I need to, um, I need to get out of camera view for one second. Okay, go right ahead. Okay, and then I'm coming right back. We could fix this in post. Okay, there. That's all I had to do. I just had to wipe my nose. I feel like I had a little bit of a runny nose. Oh, yeah. I think it's probably the air outside. Yeah, there, the air does, like yesterday looked clear and it was nice. And today it's like smoky and it's, it's in moderate. It's yellow. We're not in the red today, but still you can smell it. You can smell yeah. the smoke and it feels like a campfire out here. And I'm just, I'm bummed. It seems like one thing after another this year, doesn't it? back how do you know it was my phone maybe it was uh, yours because i'm because i'm hardwired into the wi-fi oh okay yeah i'm with not the, with the with the uh with the 20 foot uh cable that your husband gave me oh good i know he just made me one of those when he when we watched the pearl jam concert like he he like he could just make those long ass cords so that cord worked for you good yeah, I use it every day. It's um, that's how I know that it's not my Zoom. <laughs> oh, that's uh, how I know my shit's tight. Is I have this cord that just. Well, when you're yeah. hardwired in, it always works better. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm hardwired in. I try to I try to always be hardwired in when I'm when I'm working and when I'm doing Zoom shows. Um, I love that. I always be hardwired in. You're sitting right now in what uh, the original dope room stage, huh? Or no? I am. That, that was part of the stage, yeah, the original dope room. Yep, I yeah. am. I'm sitting in the dope room. Um, it's nice out here. Look, this is my world. I, I come out here and I think and I write and like this is like my my room back here. I don't even live in the house anymore unless it's too cold out here or, you know, in the rain, I can even be here because there's a cover above me, you know? Yeah. So this is my space and I love this. I love this space so do much. You, it's so nice. Do you think that the original concept of the dope room, the way you had the the tiny stage, and you had the couches set up around the stage where like people could sit in front or sit on the couch. How much of you, how much of that do you think may have been influenced by watching MTV Unplugged over the years? Oh my God, so much, Jesse! I can't believe you're saying that. Um, I love MTV Unplugged, and every once in a while, like I will watch like Nirvana Unplugged or Pearl Jam Unplugged. But that was kind of like the the vibe, even with the purple lights and stuff. I like yes, and I wouldn't say that. It did influence me. I wasn't trying to mimic that, but like that vibe really like felt like that. I think it's going to change again because we did some more stuff to the yard and it's going to be a little more theater like the next show, whenever it happens. I wish I could give you a date. 
And, um, and when that, when the next show happens, it's going to be a little bit different. I think, um, it's going to be less of a party, more of a show. And then the, the, the comedians, the talent will get to hang out and kind of have a hangout, you uh -huh. know, versus like the whole show hanging out just because I think I'm just going to change the dynamic a little bit. Uh-huh. I so, got it. I got it. But yeah, I, I love MTV Unplugged so much. When, um, so we hung out in your backyard the other night and we watched Pearl Jam on the big screen. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was a great time. And um, I have a request that next time we do that, let's watch uh, The Cranberries live in Paris. Yeah, and you have it on DVD, right? No, it's on YouTube. The whole oh, thing it's on YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Like you, I, I, I'm in because I love the Cranberries. And when I was um, a teenager, they were like the band. And so I would love that. And um, yeah, that would be really great. And we and it's starting to get cooler. So we don't have these like hot, hot nights. And as the nights go, so we're going to have a really fun fall back here. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's recorded like right at the end of their uh, No Need to Argue tour. So it's at the end of the second album tour. And they, um, I, I, I geeked out one, one day and I watched like, um, like a small intimate unplugged performance of them debuting songs from that second album. And then I watched that concert, which took place like 18 months later and they like they've been on the road and they've been performing those songs and they are so solid and so tight and they are so like the i think to me it was like at the peak of like what the cranberries were like as a live band because like bands like i think like bands have like two pinnacles like they have like the they have like the creative peak that they reach in the studio but then they have like this this performing live peak that they reach, you know, out on stage. And to me, it seems that like, that was like the peak of them performing live. Um, well, every band live is different. Like performing a song live versus performing a song in a studio is totally different. Like I love the Lumineers. Lewis thinks they're kind of sleepy. I dragged his ass to the concert. They played all their songs a little more oh you know what i mean to like not put you to sleep in your chair you know yeah. and i feel like it's always like that you go see someone live and it's just you know everything comes to life the lighting and the the energy and they, they play songs just maybe a little bit faster or just like more drums or you know whatever because oh. a lot of cranberry songs are a little lowly as well you yeah. know but when yeah. you see them live i saw them i think i saw them at a Lollapalooza when I was a kid. I think they were really? at like a Lollapalooza. And um, they were great. They were so good and just phenomenal and hard, much harder live. Yeah. And, well, they're, um, yeah, they're from Ireland, man. They don't fuck around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't fuck around. They're any, any band like from Europe in that, anyone from over there is always really good at, I feel like. If you've made it from over there, your band's gonna kick ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you definitely overcame some shit. To, to just even like have an instrument you know i feel like um i would love to be a musician like in my next life when like the universe is like sending me back down here again um i'm gonna be like all right a musician this time okay a successful musician because i am not musically like i cannot play an instrument oh my god do not let me sing like you the windows will break um but i love music and i'm obsessed with music and i i wish that i was a musician like i get very jealous when i see a musician singing or playing an instrument i'm like oh 
oh, how come I couldn't do that? But I just never had it, you know? You just don't have it. I love to sing, and I don't think I sing very good at all, but that has never stopped me. I'm I sure love that. Me, right. I'm sure you've heard me sing out loud millions of times. Because I, know, I don't think you sound too bad. <laughs> I'm just, I'm always singing, and I, and I love to sing, and uh, especially while I'm driving. Remember when we took that... You were with us. Didn't we take a road trip once to like uh, uh, Stockton and to do an open mic? Were you, were you with me in that car? Oh, your phone froze again. Oh. There you go. There you go. Your phone's good now. Okay. We're, weren't you with us? Yeah, because we picked you up. Oh, we, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I remember. Were, yeah. What was it? It was, it was me, you, Emily, and Danny, huh? Danny D, yeah, you, Emily, me, and Danny D. It was my, that was my first time ever hanging out with comics. Like, Danny D invited me, and I had never hung out with any comics before. Uh -huh. And I, let's, I, I, I know that that was in the um, end of June. I know that because it came up on my memories, my Facebook memories. So oh, wow. April, May, June, I had only been in the scene like eight weeks. And, um, and Danny hit me up and said, do you want to cruise with us to this mic? And I went, and it was so fun. And I felt like, oh, is this what comedy is going to be like? Like, um, like jumping in car with other comics and going like out of town and having fun and you know what I mean? And it, and it, and it is like that. And it's super, and that's the thing I miss the most is I miss my friends. I miss, I miss that. And what I, don't you love it? I don't know if this ever happens to you where like you, you hang with who you hang with, but every once in a while opportunity comes up and you end up hanging out with someone you normally don't. And you go, Oh my God, you're so fucking rad. How come we've never done this before? So yeah. I feel like it's really serendipitous. It's a really serendipitous thing. You never know who you might roll with to something because you're on the set and they're like, do you just want to ride together? Cause it's just us two. And you go, you know, and then you're there and, or you, or you, you think it's only you two. And then you end up at a show in Chico and you see like three other people and you're like, ah, and you're always giving hugs and like more Sacramento people are here. It just feels very like, it's so fluid and surprising. There was always little surprises around every corner and I really, really miss it a lot. And I miss my friends, like my, the people that I would see often. And, um, I, I feel like I've kind of been a hermit, like a little in the aspect of even comedy. Like I got to do that Pink Martini show, which which which, which sparked me again, and I needed it. It was like a jump start um, because now I'm writing more. But um, I just had such a good little rhythm going on before COVID started. You did too. We were on like a couple great shows, and um, and now like you know, I just I'm really looking forward to like getting there again. And I know it's going to be some time, and I have patience. So in the meantime. I want to um, get my adult room show going and um, keep writing and practicing in my living room and and then hanging out with the friends I do hang out with. Because some of my best stuff that I write is during just a hangout. Like, we're all joking and I'm like, oh, let me write that down. That's a good one, you know? And yeah, yeah. So when you're just like, you know, riffing off of each other and I, I miss that. I'm looking forward to hanging out at your birthday because I know like we're all funny. So when we all hang out, we're going to have some good little jokes. Yeah, we are. We're gonna have a good time. It's uh, next Saturday. I don't know what time though. What do we set a time? I think it's six. Oh, I think it's at six. I don't know. I'll go back to the text. I usually look at the text the night before. I don't live too much in the future, even if I have a calendar, because if I do, I get very stressed. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to stay in the moment, huh? Yes, definitely, definitely. So, um, anyway, I don't know. I wish I, I wish I was like a little more funny on this show, but that's okay. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, yeah, it's not really about being funny. It's just about I talking know. and catching up and uh, just talking about the stuff that we've been working on and just what the shit we're going through. And I think that we have done a lot of that, you know? 
but dude, you're you're above ground pool. I think that's the way to go, man. Because it didn't cost you fucking twenty thousand dollars. No, I okay. We thought about getting a real pool, like uh -huh. a legit, like in the ground, you know. And Lewis was a pool guy when he was like nineteen, so I'm like, you can handle a real pool. Let's do it. And I I I didn't grow up with money we sure as fuck didn't have a pool so i didn't know what a pool cost in my mind i don't know why i just made up this number i was like twenty-five thousand. that's what a pool costs sure and i thought hey i can put a little money down save some money put a little down payment and do a do like payments on a pool like maybe there'll be 250 a month they can do that for five years yeah i could probably pull that off let's see i had like three pool companies come holy shit you know how much a pool is like a basic pool no concrete around it like the hole and the water in it starting 50 g's i was all oh no the payment on it was like i think the longest the shortest you can do the payments was like eight to ten years ended up being like 750 a month i was all oh no i'm not that's, doing that that's a, that's a nice car that's like an suv that's like an escalade yeah and i was like oh no i'm not doing that so we exonate the pool and then uh, my friend from Arizona was like, when the, she has a really nice pool, but she's in her 60s. And she was like, when, when we had the kids growing up, uh, we had an above ground pool and it was great. You should look into that. And I looked into it, but then I had to like cut, like cut the grass out of the yard and all that. And then I saw that pool online and the size and it's a big pool. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to fit right on the side of the house. And it fits perfect. We didn't have to dig a hole. There's already concrete and it's been great. And I've been like, I am more happy with that pool because now once when summer's over, I can take it down and not have to deal with it. Wow. Because I can't imagine going out there in the winter and cleaning it and being freezing while I'm like vacuuming the bottom and like, oh, it's a nightmare. So I'm so stoked on it. And that's kind of another reason I haven't had a dope room shows because like that's where everyone goes in and out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, everyone's got to walk on the side of the pool and then uh, so... That, the pool will be taken down probably by the end of the month, the end of September, and then I'll have that space back. And um, so that was great because that was a fraction of the cost. That whole pool and pump and system cost me less than $1,000. I just saved myself $49,000. That's insane, dude. And how much fun you guys have already had in it. I know. Like, Kingston loves it. And anybody who comes over, like, just dip in it. If it's 105, if you just dip in it and get out, you don't feel like it's 105. You feel cooled off, you know? Yeah. That's so it's awesome. nice. We've had a great summer. I'm very thankful. When I do get the blues, I have to remind myself, like, you live a beautiful life. Like, you have a beautiful home. You're healthy. Your son is healthy. Your husband is healthy. Like, you know, um, you have a lot to be thankful for. And that's really, like, my mantra on a day-to-day -day is I wake up, and this sounds so corny as shit, but, like, the moment my feet hit the floor when I get out of bed, I'm always like, thank you. Thank you. Another day. I woke up. I'm awake. I might have a little boy who comes in and goes, good morning. I love you. And I'm like, like, what a life, you know? And yeah. it's not a perfect life, but it's perfect for me. And I know how bad it can be because of where I've come from that I don't take any of this for granted at all. I feel like, I feel like I've already made it. Do you know what I mean? Like how people like dream of like, yeah, sure. I'd love a mansion on a cliff over the ocean in Santa Barbara. That would be really dope. But I always say to Lewis, if God himself came down and sat in the door room and went, look, Tina, for you, this is as good as it'll ever get. I think I would be maybe a teensy disappointed because I have some big dreams. But overall, I'd be like, this isn't too bad. Thank you so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I wake up every morning and 
there's your little baby. And this one's right there to cuddle with me. Oh, Chin Chan, you're my little Chin Chan. Huh? She's like, put me down. Look, she's like. I know, she loves you. You're her daddy. And she's just like, that's little, that's Penelope. Yeah, she just, she's like, no, this is nice back here. And it's, don't you feel so good? Your little puppy loves you. And, you know, like, we're healthy. We're not drug addicts. We're not alcoholics. We're not struggling with that. We, we might struggle with our own things in our head. We're, we have good friendships. We have fun in comedy. We, you know, there's just so many things like on a day to day when I go to the grocery store, cause I remember being little and like wanting, like going to the grocery store with my mom and I would want strawberries. I would just look at them and be like, I want strawberries. And my mom would be like, we can't afford strawberries. Like the only fruit we really had in the house was like my mom would buy a bag of oranges or sometimes some apples, uh -huh. but we never got like grapes or strawberries. And like Kingston loves strawberries and raspberries and blueberries. And I just like grab them and put them in the cart and I like buy what I want. And I yeah. know that to some people they're like, why are you even talking about this? But like, I feel rich. I feel like I can get strawberries for us. And it makes me feel so happy to eat strawberries because when I was little, I wanted them so bad. And I would go to other people's houses and they would have them. And I'd be like, oh my God, someday I'm going to have strawberries. Even now too, like all the things my mom didn't buy me because they were too expensive, like fruit snacks or granola bars. I always tell Kingston, oh, we're getting hella fruit snacks. Like we're getting hella granola bars just because- yeah. It's, it's fun. Those are the things you want when you're a kid, you know? And um, so I don't take any of it for granted. On a day-to-day, -day, I, I know that um, I live a, a good life. And I, I know it, and I know at any moment it can be taken from me. At any moment, something bad can happen. Fucking Lewis could die in a car accident. I could get terminally ill. Oh, my God, Keeson could get sick. Who knows? You don't know. And that's why when it's good, you just be like, it's good. It's yeah. fucking good today, you know? And so that's how I live my life on a day to day when it's good. And when I'm not feeling like it's good, I have to remind myself. So I reach out to a friend or I make myself a coffee or I listen to a good album or I go, bitch, turn off the sad music today. Don't feed the sadness. You're feeding the funk. Stop, you know, and I have to like, I'm so good at feeding the funk. That REM playlist. Oh I was my just God. thinking of that. Oh my God. I, I listen to it and then I'm like, and then it'll be like on a Wednesday and I'll be super in the blues and, um, on Friday night, I've been hanging out with a couple, a couple girlfriends. We've kind of made it a consistent thing. So like, I'll listen to the REM thing and I'll be really sad. I'm like, I can't kill myself tonight because like, I'm having people come over Friday and they'd be really disappointed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love REM, but they, they, to me, REM is the band that when I'm going through it, like I'll let oh, REM yeah. drag me through it. Oh, they're depressing as fuck. Everybody hurts. Like, oh, oh no, my God. To me, it's Ebo the letter. Oh, that's my favorite. I'll play that song on repeat and cry. <laughs> like, what says, is uh, wrong with me? When it says, here, come, here comes the flood, anything to thin the blood. These corrosives do their magic slowly and sweet. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. The lyrics are so great. Um, every once in a while, and they're never my posts that get liked ever on Facebook, which I don't even care. But, like, <laughs> I'll post a piece of a song. And I'll write underneath it like some lyrics, and I'll, and like I'll never get one like on it. I, I wonder if people even see them. But like sometimes there's lyrics that hit me so strong that I'm like, oh my god, I wish I wrote that because they're saying exactly what the fuck I'm thinking. I just didn't have the words, you know. And um, that's like I don't know about you, but when I used to buy albums as a kid, and that's why I love records because records when you open them up, the lyrics, and you can listen to the song and read along, you know. See all, and, these, uh, these, all these extra pictures. 
yeah. And when you started buying music online, you didn't get that. And no. I was like, ah. And even with cassette tapes, you would get it. You would unfold that thing and it'd be like a long, it would be like a CVS receipt, like, really yeah. long. And you could read along. And I mean, since I was a kid, I would play music and read along with the lyrics. And I'm still yeah. that way now. I'll look that's, up what still, that's what I still love about cassettes. I mean, I have a cassette like- Yeah. Oh my God, that's Tom Petty. Right there. And like, well, this one's not a lot, but it, no, look at that. Look, it's got, like you open that up and like, we didn't grow we yes. didn't grow up we didn't grow up with youtube and no. internet so like this this was what we had right so we yeah we read this front to back even yeah. like all the way down to the 1993 mca records inc universal california you know oh, like, i would read every word the copyright all of it top to bottom and be like yeah. okay i know every yeah. song I would go through an album. And what's funny is like, obviously when I was a kid, I wasn't like Silicon Valley when I was a kid, but I was so into it even then. And now as an adult, like I love to get stoned and read along with lyrics. I love it. Like nobody bother me. This is where I want to be. Yeah, I think it's I'm- It's really nice. Um, you know who I am um, deep into Pink Floyd right now. Oh God, I love Pink Floyd. That song, Money, 10 years have gone behind you. No one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun. See, I can't sing good, but yeah. fuck, those lyrics are like, mm, they just yeah. like get Dude, me right that, there. That, that lyric especially hits me hard because it really, really makes me think of like the years I wasted doing drugs, right? Like, oh. like 10 years have gone behind you. Like I remember thinking to my, I remember seeing friends go away to the army and seeing friends go away to college and come back from the army and come back from college with a degree or with money to go to college. And I was still partying like it was grad night. <laughs> like, right. like, the, like the party didn't end. Like I was still like, woo, class of 89. And they're like. <laughs> and you know what? I know we all have regrets. And when you look back, I'm sure you think you've wasted time, but like, Obviously, no one's proud of like a drug addiction, but be proud that you're not there. Because Jesse, I know people who are in their 60s and still there, and they've been there since they were 16 years old, and they've never stopped. And they've tried to raise kids through it, and their kids are fucked up. And they've tried, you know what I mean? Like you left it behind you, but you also have experience, and you have street smarts like no one else, and you know a bunch of shit that other, or, or you can see it. You know what I mean? Like because you've been there. You can meet someone and be like, oh, they're a drug addict. Oh, yeah, I don't want to you know, be close the, to this the, person. Two, two things that I really, really, two big takeaways from that is that, uh, from that time frame is, one, when I'm going through some dark shit, I'm like, I've been through hella worse than this. Yeah, right? yeah. And two is like, I, I can walk away from any toxic relationship. Same. Because I quit. I, I remember one time someone telling me, you can't quit me. And I was like, I quit meth and I fucking loved meth. I'll quit you in a second. I can walk away from this. And like, I know how to like, I know when something's not good for me now because I, I recognize all those bad signals, you know? And I can, I can definitely walk away from something toxic and I can definitely talk my way through anything bad because I've talked myself through some very, very, very dark days, you know? For sure. I, I'm very much the same. I, Lewis says, um, it's funny that we're watching Cobra Kai because Lewis always has said to me since we were together, like 
when I met Louis, I've known Louis a long time, but when we started dating, I was 25. And in my 25 to 30, and then through my 30s, so we've been together like six, going on 16, 17 years. And he always says no mercy to me, like from Cobra Kai, because I will drop somebody, even a good tight friend, if you want to trip on some crazy shit and be toxic to me. I will work anything out. If I love you, I will sit, I will have the conversation, I will communicate, I'll let you know where I stand, I will listen, all those things. But if you start just being toxic and evil and mean, oh my God, like I'll be like Instagram block, Facebook block, block on yeah. my phone, like you are erased from my life. And, and it doesn't even hurt. Because I'm like, I always tell people all the time, I'm like, I erased my own fucking parents out of my life. You think that you mean that much to me? Like, and I don't mean that to be mean, but like, I'm a good, when I am a friend, I'm a good friend. I'm there for someone, I'm loving, I'm kind. And I'm always willing to listen if for some reason I, it's misunderstanding or I did something that wasn't loving and kind. Call me out, let me know. I will take ownership, I will apologize. But you can't hold a grudge if you wanna move forward together, you know? Right. And oh, Lewis always says that to me. Like if I, if I get rid of someone, he's always like, no mercy. <laughs> like, you know what, that's, uh, that's so funny because one of the things that I'm always uh, telling myself is must have balance, must have balance, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we both- You've we... reminded me. You're a, you're a good reminder. We, like, you're a good friend where I will talk about something that is toxic and you will say with one sentence and, you know, even though I'm not close with my mom, my mom always gave words of wisdom and she would always say 10 words or less. She would always say that to me. When you're talking to someone and telling them how you feel, 10 words or less. Wow. You don't need to go on and on. Just tell them, tell them how it is. And anytime I'm talking about something, you'll say to me, well, you already knew that. And I'm like, damn, you're right. Or you'll say, what? You didn't see that coming? And I'm like, well, fuck. Or that's the way it is. Like you just have this way of like one sentence of laying it down and you kind of shut me up. Not, I don't think you would do it intentionally. I think you're just like- No, it's intentional. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well then I do, it shuts me up because I'm like, oh, you're right, like, no, you know? I, or you'll go, that's the way that person is. Do, have you ever seen him any, that him or her yeah. any other way? You know, and I'm like, oh yeah. And you just have a way. And I think that's part of your keeping the balance. So anytime cool. I have a big thing and I'm like, I need to just shut my brain off. I know that if I talk to you, you have a way of just taking the switch of whatever I'm tripping on and just going click and just turning it off. And I'm like, oh, I needed to hear that. And you're really good about keeping that balance. Thank you, thank you. Because it's kind of like, like I see the path that you're starting to go, right? And I'll be like, mm -hmm. yeah, we know that. Like, that, but because, but then like, when you start saying those those words and those phrases, like it starts like, it starts building something up in you. And I'm like, oh yeah, don't, don't even let it go there. Just don't. Yeah. Just cut You're it right. Off. And then you go, ah, oh, and then that's when you get anxiety over something that is meaningless, exactly. really meaningless in the big scheme of life. Like, you know, especially like when you're home alone or like me, I'm home with Kingston and Lewis and they're my little unit. If I'm tripping about anything up here that's giving me anxiety, I'm not here with them. And that thing I'm tripping on or that person or that situation isn't even in this house. So like, why am I inviting it in? It's just like, Bye, you know, and it's, and, and it's taking away energy that you could be giving them. Yeah. And, or giving myself or just my home or, you know, like I live a fucking dope life. And it, like I said, it's not perfect, but like in general, like we are in control of our thoughts. We are in control of our mind. And when we are feeling like we're out of control, cause I know we all have those moments. It's our job to take the skills we've learned, whatever they are, and grab onto something that grounds you. And a lot of times Kingston's really easy for me because 
he's eight, so he's living in like fucking Harry Potter and you know Minecraft and all his things. Yeah. And like, if I ever want to get out of myself, I walk into Kingston's room and go, "What are we doing?" And he's like, "Okay, mommy, this is your wand, and this is what we're doing. I am Hermione, and you are Harry Potter, and Voldemort's." He tells me this whole thing, and I'm in it, and I'm like, "Okay, great," and it gets me out of myself, you know. And I I just feel like I'm lucky to have those things because. I know that some people through the, through COVID have been super, super lonely and I haven't had a lot of loneliness. I have had like a lot of like inside stuff, but in regards to being lonely, like I have two people who are always here who want to hang out with me whenever I want to hang out. You know what I mean? Hang so that's out. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Tina, I think that's a good, that's a good note to end this on. I think like that okay. the, using these coping mechanisms that we've developed over the years to like recognize when we're in trouble, and yeah. turn it around and like knowing where to reach out to like you know that's that's all i really wanted to talk about this morning is like how are we coping with all this crap because it's a lot right now it it's is overwhelming and i i am so grateful to uh, have you in my corner man i really appreciate that same, and i really same. love you to death I, your whole family like when i say like it's like the it's like the san lucas family it's not like when i mention you it's not it's your it's your whole just that whole corner of the street oh, <laughs> from, when I, from when i park to like where i'm walking to like up the steps the rocks the three steps the doorbell the the pipe always sitting on the right outside by the front door like it's always like i like i'm in it from the minute i park from the minute i oh. park from the minute i park and put hand sanitizer on oh i <laughs> love that we love having you over kingston's always like is Jesse rolling over? Is Jesse coming over today? It's Thursday, every Thursday. Is Jesse coming over? And I go, not this Thursday, next Thursday. He's like, oh, okay. And we love your visits. Um, whether they're short or long, we love having you come in. I love that you're comfortable here. Like we're like you're a dear friend. You're you're like a you're my comedy brother for for life. Thank you so much, Tina. And uh, okay, have yeah. a happy Sunday. Have a good morning. Enjoy the rest of your coffee. And do you have you don't have work tomorrow? It's a three day weekend, right? Dude, I took a four day weekend. Mm. And uh, Cobra Kai, Cobra yeah. Kai all day tomorrow. And for my birthday, I have a five day weekend. So uh, <gasps> I've got more days off than days on in the next two weeks. So I'm so rad. Okay, I'm well, I will see you soon, and I'll definitely see you for your birthday. And have a great Sunday. You too. Take care, Tina. Thanks for coming by. Bye. Bye.